Hey, it's Lynn Galadner, and this is the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm founder of the Your People Marketing and PR Agency, and I lead the Make Meaning Movement, a platform that helps purpose-driven visionaries and leaders do business with meaning. On this podcast, you'll hear stories of how people dare to take chances to live the life they want with meaningful work and purposeful days. There are many ways to fill your life with meaning. Join us at makemeaning.org to learn more. Now, on to the show. Today on the Make Meaning Podcast, I have the honor of speaking with Dr. Sabrina Collins, Executive Director of the Marburger STEM Center at Lawrence Tech University. Dr. Collins is a chemist who is passionate about promoting STEM education and increasing inclusion and diversity in STEM fields. In her career, she has served as Director of Education for the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History in Detroit and on the faculty of Claflin University and the College of Worcester. Welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, and uh, I'm, I'm really uh, thankful for this opportunity. Well, after doing my research about you and reading your bio and everything that you've accomplished, which is so impressive, I feel like we should have an all-day episode about you because there's just so much <laughs> I want to ask you. Thank you. I'll try to contain it to our, to our time frame, but um, I just am really impressed. And so, um, you know, let's start with, you know, I love your passion for STEM education and making it relatable to students who might not otherwise choose more scientific or technical paths. And I know your journey to this career had a very circuitous route. Tell us how you first became interested in following a STEM path yourself. Oh, thank you. That's a, a great question. And so I actually, my chemistry journey actually began uh, as a community college student. Uh, I was enrolled at Highland Park Community College, which is now closed uh, in Michigan. Mm -hmm. And my mother, Nancy, was a secretary uh, in the nursing department. So I was able to take advantage of the tuition uh, benefit offered to employees. That's and, so smart. That's yeah. so lucky. Yeah, so I, I always tell students, if you could earn a college degree for free, yes. do it. <laughs> yes, yes, and, yes. And so I enrolled in a chemistry class for non-science majors, mm -hmm. and I thought it was extremely easy. Mm -hmm. I earned an A in the course, and I said, if this is all there is to chemistry, I will just be a chemist. So I had this, <laughs> so seriously, and I, I, I had this confidence that I could do the work. And actually, uh, so my career goal at the time was to get my bachelor's degree and work as a chemist in my hometown of Detroit. And, uh, you know, so I earned my uh, bachelor's degree in chemistry from Wayne State, go Warriors, uh -huh. Uh -huh. And, uh, and then uh, earned my uh, PhD in inorganic chemistry from the Ohio State University. Okay. Yeah, I grew up in Michigan, attended Ohio State. Don't judge me. You know, I'm going to judge. I went to Michigan. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so as a result of that, I pursued the PhD because I wanted to be of service to others and be a chemistry professor. And I okay. actually had the opportunity uh, to do that, you know, mm -hmm. being a, a chemistry professor at two wonderful institutions, uh, Claflin University at HBCU mm -hmm. in, South, in South Carolina, mm -hmm. and then the College of Worcester uh, in Ohio. Mm -hmm. But while I was uh, on the faculty at the College of Worcester, you know, I was denied tenure, which is kind of the worst thing that can happen to you, you know, yeah. as, a, as a professor. Yeah. And so at that point, I had to really think about the meaning of my life, you know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, what kind of impact 
that I want to make in the community and in in the world. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to get past that career setback Mm -hmm. um, because of support of friends and family Mm -hmm. and a group of friends that I refer to as my personal board of directors. My I I love that. That is so amazing. And so it's important that you have uh, a supportive team around you when you're going through some some challenges. Yeah. And so as a result of that, I ended up coming back home uh, to Detroit. It was director of education at the Charles H. Wright Museum. Mm-hmm. And but I miss being in an academic environment, you know. Right, so right. with the opportunity for my current role as executive director of uh, the Marburger Step Center at Lawrence Tech, mm-hmm. when they were advertising for it, I felt like that position was tailor made for me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, on July first, I'll be celebrating my four year anniversary. So Ooh. that's kind of my journey in a nutshell. You know, there's so much to unpack there, and there, there are several things that I want to ask you, um, but I want to start um, in a very simple place because, you know, I work with so many education clients in my public relations and marketing work that I almost take for granted that people understand what STEM means. So I'm just going to ask you, you know, for our listeners who may not, could you briefly explain what STEM stands for and why we have a special focus on this course of study? Well, so STEM, so that, that acronym is science, technology, engineering, and math and mathematics, mm-hmm. and it's not one specific field, right? So I think a lot of times people say STEM and they just think one thing, Um, but it's a number of different uh, disciplines. And there's a lot of focus on STEM. Uh, For one thing, STEM really does drive our economy. Um, You know, and if you think about the fact that all, you know, your electronic devices such as cell phones and and, uh, laptops, they all require a battery. That's STEM technology. Um, you're not right there. And so it's so important to our uh, economy, but we need to make sure that we have a robust, you know, robust uh, uh, pipeline, a ta- you know, a talent pipeline to continue to fill these roles. And so yeah. that's why it's so important, you know, to encourage young people to pursue these fields. I mean, personally, I believe everybody should be a chemist, but I know <laughs> that's not going to happen. Yes. But, but I, you know, I really think we're still at the stage where as educators, we have to do a better job of showing students how STEM impacts their daily lives. And it's the messaging, you know, because if you think about, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, we uh, oftentimes young people are told to be a lawyer or a, a medical doctor mm-hmm. because that's what their families know. Right. And you can see how those disciplines make a direct impact on the community. Yeah. We haven't necessarily done that very well. I think, with uh, the STEM disciplines, and we need to do a better job of that. Well, you're speaking to my heart because I'm all about words and messaging, and um, it really does change the conversation when you're really clear and articulate in what um, is happening and, you know, and what, what the options are. And I just think that it's super important to, um, to share with with young people, what the options are, what different careers are out there, and also tie into their talents and interests. Because I think when we're younger, we don't know um, how things we enjoy doing, things that come easy to us, things that we're talented at, can translate into careers where we can build our lives and build income and that kind of thing. And so, you know, what are some of the barriers that you see to bringing more girls and women and people of color into STEM fields? And and I want to know how you're trying to remove those barriers to increase access. Yeah, so that, no, that's a great question. And, you know, I I think one of the biggest barriers is that, you know, uh, sometimes lack of role models. Young people need to see people that look like them. Mm -hmm. 
doing STEM, um, yes. and, and that's important. But you know, girls for some you know for some odd reason, somewhere around the fourth or fifth grade, you know, uh, once they hit middle school, they're not as interested um, hmm. in STEM anymore, and that pro- that has to do with the messages they're getting in the classroom. Right. Um, sometimes, unfortunately, parents may encourage their boys, you mm-hmm. know, to pursue a STEM pathway and another mm-hmm. pathway for, for girls. I think mm-hmm. that's part of it. So mm-hmm. it's educating the parents and mm-hmm. also the, this, this, this messaging piece. But also, you know, for example, at Lawrence Tech, mm-hmm. our Department of Biomedical Engineering, we have like a... a a really good 50-50 women and men pursuing mm-hmm. undergraduate degrees in biomedical engineering. And wow. what's interesting about that is you can see how, you know, because it combines medicine and engineering. Sure. And I think women, you know, we tend to focus on things where we can see immediately, okay, if I do that, that's how I'm going to make a difference in the world. You know, yeah. and that's, I think that's the key. And you spoke about, you know, there are so many everyday things that we don't think about are actually STEM fields. Like, for example, cosmetics right. and, um, you know, cell, the cell phones we use all the time, the, the video gaming, the, just different things that we all use in our lives on a daily basis. And so, I mean, even frankly, cooking and baking is, is chemistry. It's, um, so, you know, what, what are some of the innovative programs that you're doing at Lawrence Tech um, as ways to bring, you know, high school, middle school students in or, or even to see STEM in a different light, like with cosmetics, for example? Well, no, that's a great question. One of the things, there are a couple of things that, that, that we've done. So we have, for example, collaborated with the women of AT&T Mm-hmm. And for their Girls and Futures Technology Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been doing that for the past three years. And the first year we did it, we have one of our STEM ambassadors mm-hmm. uh, lead a workshop on uh, cosmetic chemistry where the girls made their own lip balm wow. um, using homemade products. And it was a big hit. And that's a way to get you know, girls uh, interested. And it wasn't just the girls, their mothers were also <laughs> excited about, about doing that. So when you're able to do that type of programming and it's something that girls can do with their mothers, yeah. you know, that's, that's a great way uh, to engage. But other things that we've done, like, uh, for example, a couple of years ago when the movie uh, Black Panther uh, was released, Right. You know, so I, you know, I, prior to uh, going to the movies, I was never a Marvel comics uh, fan. Right. Uh, but my, my sister encouraged me to, to go, to go see it. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching this movie and I enjoyed it. I'm in the movie theater with my, uh, two of my cousins. Uh-huh. And it occurred to me that the whole focus of the movie was really about this fictional element vibranium. And as a <laughs> chemist. Yeah. I can't shut off my chemistry brain. So the entire time I'm watching this movie, I keep saying to myself, okay, if the element was, were real, where would it be on the periodic table? And I couldn't stop thinking about that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what researchers do. And uh-huh. I go home that night and I start crafting what I thought this paper uh, would look like. I wanted to write a paper about it. Okay. And I, you know, sent an email uh, to one of my colleagues teaching in the Department of Natural Sciences. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, have you seen this movie? And can you ask this as a bonus question on your next exam? <laughs> and she did. 
we found out who the Marvel comic fans were in a department, um, <laughs> used some of the student responses to craft this paper, and it was accepted for publication uh, back in uh, 2018, so a couple of years ago. Okay. And we have used that paper really for a number of different engagement activities, like we have designed mm-hmm. a, uh, a workshop specifically for middle school students and high school students where they work in teams mm-hmm. to uh, have, uh, you know, engage in evidence-based arguments on where they think the elements should be mm-hmm. in the periodic table. And what's nice about that, it's, is that we also, uh, you know, whenever we do these workshops, you always have groups of students that are really have this wonderful artistic ability. Sure. You know, so, uh, you know, so we have the artists working with these students and they present these amazing posters uh-huh. as a gallery walk. And so we've done those kinds of things. And it's been a lot of fun. We followed up with uh, another paper, which was more hands on in the laboratory, what Black Panther can teach us about transition metal chemistry and transition Mm -hmm. metals are those elements in the middle of the periodic table and more hands on types of activities. We've since expanded it to include connections to the uh, to the novel uh, Frankenstein, which In 2018, uh, Mary Shelley's novel was mm-hmm. 200 years old. You know, ah. so there, so there was a lot of you know interest uh, because of that uh, anniversary. Yeah. And so, but how are you going to make a 200 year old model uh, novel yeah. relevant to a high school student? <laughs> you know, so the way you do that is you use their experiences. And so we collaborated with faculty at Lords Tech. Mm-hmm. in the Department of Humanities and Social Sciences and Communication, mm-hmm. where there was a, uh, a seminar uh, series, seminar lecture series, Humanity Plus Technology. And we had about 90 high school students mm-hmm. from a local high school mm-hmm. uh, attend. And they were uh, all enrolled in an AP literature course where they were required to read Frankenstein. So uh-huh. they came on our campus. We had a faculty panel. And one of the panelists, uh, Dr. Eric Meyer, who teaches Mm -hmm. in uh, the biomedical engineering department, started Mm -hmm. making connections to Frankenstein and the Avengers movie. And Mm. the students really were connected. You know, they they really resonated with that. And so I had mentioned to the students if they thought that the relationship between Frankenstein and his creature Uh in the novel uh-huh. somehow mirrored or aligned with the relationship between Black Panther and Eric Killmonger in the movie. And they were right. like, yes, they were both abandoned <laughs> by their communities, you know. So yeah. if you can find ways like that, you know, to engage the students, I think that's yeah. a wonderful, wonderful approach. Well, and that paper too, uh, which I love, I mean, Black Panther was phenomenal. And I, when I read that, that you were um, brainstorming, you know, where would this element appear in the periodic table? I just loved that. I mean, I'm a writer, so it didn't occur to me when I was watching the movie, but I was looking more at the storytelling. But, um, but you know, apparently you got a lot of media coverage out of that and, and your social post about it went viral too. I mean, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, what was interesting, uh, because honestly, I was a little reluctant to submit the paper for Mm -hmm. a manuscript for publication because I wasn't sure if the editor, how the editor would respond to it. But they submitted it for uh, uh, peer review and we got great reviews. And then I shared it on uh, Twitter Mm -hmm. and it kind of exploded to my, to my surprise. And there were a number of uh, folks giving us kudos. And, but what was interesting is that the chemistry faculty 
they started sharing other chemistry concepts that I, I wasn't thinking about, you know, at the time. Sure. You know, so maybe we can connect it to material science, you know, or, you know, some of these other uh, areas. And it occurred to me that you can really build uh-huh. an entire curriculum, you know, um, yeah. around these, these films. And it's the thing is, because you just want to find something to be able to connect with your students in the classroom. They just need a hook and that will keep them, keep them interested. And so we were interviewed by, uh, by Wired, uh, which Uh was a lot of fun. And we got a shout out in uh, Bloomberg opinion. Oh, wow. We we weren't interviewed for that, but the author was writing an article about the Oscar. And at the end, because Black Panther didn't win for best, best picture, Mm -hmm. but the author uh, made a comment about our paper and how basically we were a Black Panther may not have won Best Picture, but it did win in terms of teaching young people about the periodic table. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. Well, kudos to you. I, I love hearing this. And, um, you know, I want to I double back a little bit to something you had said about when you were denied tenure and having your personal board of directors. And so, you know, we're, we're doing this interview at a time when we are enduring the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknowns. Um, many people in, in many cities across America and around the world are, have lost work or might be on hold, furloughed, laid off, whatever it is. Um, and it's sort of a time of um, there's a lot of fear and anxiety. There are a lot of unknowns. We just don't know when this will end and what the world will look like, what will our work look like. So for those people listening who are who are having to pause, whether they're choosing to or they're forced to, and maybe pivot, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about how how you digested that denial and then turned it into an opportunity. And then I really want to talk about your personal board of directors after that. So just, you know, maybe a little bit of a pep talk for our listeners about how um, sometimes a disappointment can lead to, you know, a, a whole new path or a whole new opportunity. No, that, that's, a, that's a great question. And um, obviously going through a, a tenure denial or career setback or if you're denied a, a promotion or whatever is difficult sure. and you have to figure out a way uh, to move forward. And so it's, you know, it's okay. I think uh, it's, it's perfectly fine to be angry or upset or hurt or disappointed. You know, that's, that's a natural human reaction, sure. but what's your next step going to be after you get past those emotions? You know, you have to have a, a, a plan. And I recall one day, because, uh, you know, when I was dealing with this and one of my friends from my uh, board of directors called me and she asked mm-hmm. me what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm sitting here watching Young and the Restless. I used to love that <laughs> soap opera. So we yeah. were on spring break at the, <laughs> at the time. Okay. And she said, turn off the TV. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to go look at the comments from that, from your tenure uh, packet and mm-hmm. search for the positives in there. Okay. And I said, okay, so that's what I did. You know, I started looking through it and there was a lot of good stuff in there. Uh-huh. You know, there was a lot of good stuff in there and particularly with uh, my scholarship, you know, uh-huh. and the articles that I was publishing and Uh And, uh, you know, what I was doing in the community and those kinds of things. And so it occurred to me that the next role, you know, pursue, I had to focus on STEM education and diversity in STEM because those are the things that I'm so passionate about. Sure. So I basically 
use that negative experience um, to really guide me on my next uh, career path. You're absolutely right. When one door is closed, it may seem like, oh, how am I going to go on? This is the end of the world. It's mm-hmm. actually putting you in a direction that you should be going. Yeah, so. Absolutely. You know, it, it's interesting because circumstances are really neither good nor bad. They just happen. Right. And then we put a judgment on it and our emotions or feelings lead to, um, you know, the next steps. And so we can sit there and spiral and decide, you know, this is terrible. It, it affects my self-worth and I'm choosing that path. Or we can say, where's the open door here? You know, where's another, where's the right. other path? And I really applaud you for, I, I can't even imagine how that must've felt. It must've been devastating. And after all your hard work and everything, but you've built such an amazing path. And it's like, even beyond being a chemist, which you are, but, you know, having this, this purpose and this mission um, is so meaningful and far reaching, you know, who knows how many, girls and women and people of color, you're inspiring by being a leader like this and bringing them into fields that basically touch every detail of our lives. It's just phenomenal. Thank you. Uh, One of my mentors told me that my, she thinks my superpower is trying to inspire the next Uh generation. I said, I'll take that. That'll be my, (laughs) I love it. I love it. My superpower. So let's talk about this board of directors. So I was fascinated when I read about it and then you've you've mentioned it already in this interview. And so tell me a little bit about your personal board of directors and how this came to be and and how this, you know, what role they play in your life and your work. Oh, absolutely. So these are a group of amazing uh, young women. We all have degrees in chemistry or Mm -hmm. chemical engineering. We all attended Big Ten universities. Mm-hmm. And honestly, uh, the way we met is because of an organization called uh, Nobache, so okay. National Organization for the Professional Advancement of Black Chemists and Chemical Engineers. Wow. And so, uh, you know, I had an opportunity uh, to present a, uh, an oral presentation, you know, uh, at one of these conferences. And you end up meeting and connecting with people just like yourselves, you know, pursuing uh, these, uh, pursuing a degree in uh, a pathway in chemistry or chemical engineering. Mm -hmm. So we have been friends uh, for over uh, 20 years, you know, 20, 25 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, what's nice about it, because we all genuinely love and like each other, Uh which is obviously important. uh, But, you know, we provide um, each other needed support when we're going through uh, difficult uh, career challenges. Mm-hmm. And, but we also celebrate the milestones and the highs, you know, when we're able to make some, some achievements. And so, you know, to, uh, to folks that are, that are listening, it's particularly young people, mm-hmm. you know, when you attend these conferences and you're networking, this is an opportunity for you to connect with uh, a, number of, a number of individuals and, you know, and it's also uh, important when you think about mentoring, you know, mm-hmm. so we do kind of this peer mentoring with each other, mm-hmm. but it's also important that you have mentors outside of your department or outside of your institution, sure. because they can give you a perspective that, you know, uh, on a specific situation that you may not see. And I, I love these ladies a whole lot, and they have met so much personally and mm-hmm. professionally. 
That's awesome. Well, it, that's great. And it, it made me think because I do have mentors um, and who've become friends and, and I turn to when I need their their wisdom and I've met them at all different ways. A lot of times at conferences, you know, think come to think about it, but um, building those relationships is priceless. And it's really one of the ways that we learn and then we learn how to give back by doing that for others. And so, you know, if ever somebody says, hey, can my nephew or my neighbor call you about something in your field? The answer is yes. You have to you have to be there to share your wisdom and knowledge and then it makes everybody else stronger. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I absolutely believe that. And I think, you know, we all have a responsibility to tell some of our testimony, you know what I mean? To, to help other people. You don't have to tell all of your personal business to help somebody, you know, right. you could uh, share, okay, I went through this, uh-huh. you know, and, and you share that and that might help somebody else that's going through something difficult. And they could say, well, if Sabrina went through it and she got past it and I'm in the same situation, I'm going to get through this too. Exactly. Exactly. Well, um, Dr. Sabrina Collins, it's been such a pleasure to speak with you. And before we close, I want to bring us back to a way that we usually end our episodes. On this show, you know, we focus on meaning and how people can discover their purpose and use it to guide their life and career decisions. So we ask our guests to give a permission slip to our listeners, which is really advice on how do you find your meaning and live from it. Um, but we have to give ourselves permission to do that. So hence the permission slip. So I'm wondering what you would offer in terms of a permission slip for our listeners today um, and the rest of us about how we find our meaning and use that to guide us. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, this was a wonderful conversation. And regarding uh, the permission slip, I, I'll say this, that it is your response, your happiness is your responsibility not your job, not your career, not your relationships. It's your responsibility. But I'll also add this, that I think, you know, just because you come up with an idea and you share it with someone and they don't necessarily think it's a good idea or they don't get it, that doesn't mean that it's not a good idea. You Mm -hmm. should pursue it anyway and take a risk. And that can potentially lead to uh, a wonderful uh, career opportunity for you. That's a great permission slip. Thank you so much, Dr. Sabrina Collins, Executive Director of the Marburger STEM Center at Lawrence Tech University. It's been a pleasure to speak with you and thanks for being on the Make Meaning Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Make Meaning Podcast with Lynn Galadner. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you like what you've heard here, join us over at makemeaning.org to discover how you can add more meaning to your life. And hey, if you like our conversations, please subscribe and share this episode with the meaningful people in your world. Thank you.